Well, hey, cousins, you were listening to Revolutionary Hood Rat with Kim Young of Dope Black Social Worker. And we have us another episode one. I was not even anticipating recording, but y'all so much has just happened the last time I sat in front of this mic where I was like, oh, oh, no, I got to let another one off. OK, um, but before we jump into the reason I plugged in the mic today, let's go ahead and do some revolutionary news because we have some and it goes out to the cousins in Canada. And so I was browsing the internet and I came across this article that talks about this pilot program that's out of Dalhousie University in Nova Scotia in Canada. And it's called the Afrocentric Bachelors of Social Work cohort, cohort, which is essentially seen as like this form of reparations because this program is going to provide free tuition and fee, free education to 36 students that are pursuing a degree in social work in Canada. And so the goal is to create accessible and a culturally informative program um, to address the underrepresentation of Black folks in the field of social work in Canada. And I just think that's incredibly dope because I'm uncertain if something like that is happening here in the United States of America. And if it is, somebody let me know. If not, we need to get that shit popping immediately because we certainly know just how underrepresented this field is when it comes to Black, Brown, minoritized, and those with lived experiences um, being able to gain access to this incredibly elitist field that is becoming an expensive field that it is, is becoming. And so shout out to the Canadian cousins um, who are doing some really dope work in that area at Dalhousie University. That is spelled because I might be saying that shit wrong. So let me go ahead and spell it. <laughs> so it's spelled D-A-L-H-O-U-S-I-E University in Nova Scotia. And so if you've never heard of it or if you want to learn more about it, I encourage y'all to do some research because this could be a model of what is possible for us here to increase some accessibility and for underrepresented groups in the field of social work in this country, known as the United States of America. All right, let's go ahead and move into some Earth is Ghetto. And this entire episode, especially this segment of the podcast, is dedicated to white mess because Y'all got to know by now, if you've been kicking it with me for this long, just how much I love white mess. And I'm going to try to do my best to explain what that's about and what that means for me. And so white mess is all these things that we might see like on TLC, Lifetime, some of these documentaries, docu-series, just about like white people, um, particularly in the United States, but also in other white parts of the world um and white mess honestly allows for some escapism it really it does wonders for my mental health when i can watch and engage in things that are not reflective of my own reality and white mess is not reflective of my own reality and so it really allows me to escape it also is like this direct contradiction of american propaganda which like essentially is uplifting and centering white values, culture, and people. And so be able like to watch some of this shit on Lifetime and on TLC and in some of the docu-series and documentaries, it literally combats the messages that are forced upon us when we think about the centering of whiteness, which is like just white people, cultures, values, and beliefs. And so that is a nice contradiction for me. And no bullshit, it is incredibly incredibly entertaining (laughs) like high key entertaining and then like this depiction of white mess offers a balance 
And it's like this consistent reminder that white folks be nutty as a bitch too. Because every other message would have us believe that they're not. Nutty as a bitch too, right? And so I really owe my love of white mess to Oprah because she introduced an entire generation, like all of us, an entire generation to just all these cases of white American culture and just white mess. Like Oprah had that shit on every day after school. And it gave this gaze into like white American culture to be like, oh, God damn, they got some shit going on over there. Right. Because you wouldn't be able to get access to it any other way. And now you get a lot of access to it where I'm like, this is wild. It's entertaining. And it like, it really allows me to escape, which is important um, for somebody like me to be able to escape, to also be able to remain like in this active dream space. Not that I'm dreaming about white mess or wanting to be white or none of that shit, but it does allow me to remind myself to kind of remain in this dream space. So y'all, I love I love me some white mess. And so the white mess that I want to talk about now, though, I got to start with Mother God. Y'all know I got to start with Mother God. And so if you don't know, if you have not seen the first two episodes, there is this new docuseries on HBO and it's called Love Has Won, The Cult of Mother God. When it really should just be called like McDonald's Meth and Mayhem or Audacity, Caucasity and Acid, which I'm going to try to explain what I mean by that. But first, let's go ahead and call Mother God by the name that she that she had, which was Amy Carlson. Right? Mother God had one of just the most plain, simple, pumpkin spice names available, Amy Carlson. She grew up in Texas, y'all. Managed a McDonald's, had three kids, had been married a couple times, was introduced to, to some new age philosoph philosophies on the internet, like in the early 2000s. Baby, all that shit that she had discovered in the back channel rooms about new age beliefs and starships and stardust and all that made her abandon everybody. She left her kids, stopped talking to her family, left her last husband, and she went ahead and moved to Colorado because she had met somebody online that convinced her that she was divine. And so she joined the Galactic Federation of Light and relocated from Texas to Colorado to begin her journey of forming her own cult. And this right here already has me impressed because baby, she went from managing that McDonald's to managing a cult, all because she believed, okay, that she was divine. Because somebody convinced her that she was divine. And so some of the beliefs of like the love has won and, and the mother God people, you know, it was like Amy would talk about how she had been re reincarnated like damn near 550 times to include like Jesus and um, Marilyn Monroe. So apparently she had been all them people before. And, and as a part of like her reincarnate reincarnation, she also has lived for like 19 billion years. I don't even know if Earth had been around. I don't know. Anyways, Amy says she had lived about 19 billion years and that she had been reincarn reincarnated uh, damn near 550 times. And in one of her previous lives, Trump was her daddy. Okay. Um, Elvis was her son. And Robin Williams is an archangel that I guess gives messages and guidance. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and 
mom has because the, the cult members refer to her as mom because a big part of this new age philosophy for love as one is a belief that God is a woman. And that woman happens to be Amy Carlson, who formerly managed a McDonald's in Texas. Are you following me? Because if you're not picking up on this, what I'm really trying to get to is we not thinking big enough and we not believing deeply enough in who and what we are and what we can achieve. Because for Amy to be working at that McDonald's and knowing like this shit don't even feel right in my spirit because I'm a God. You know what I'm saying? I am divine. Why am I dropping fries in the fryer when I'm a divine being? She said, fuck all that. I'm going to be who I'm supposed to be in the deserts of Colorado. Okay. So anyways, Robin Williams is one of her archangels. And then she had like this whole etheric team. I'm still trying to figure out what an etheric team is. But from what I can gather, I guess it's like people in the spiritual realm or some shit. And the people in her etheric team help guide their galactic starship. And some of the folks in the etheric team are Tupac. And I'm trying to figure out, well, how Tupac get on the team? He didn't ask for none of that shit. I think Tupac was on there. I think I even saw Ike Turner or something on the goddamn etheric team. Um, yeah. Even had Trump on there, which was strange because they said people on the etheric team were supposed to be dead. And I was like, well, that man not unalive. Anyways, Amy is also the queen of some lost continent or something that we just don't know. Apparently there were eight continents and the one that's not here anymore Amy was uh, the queen of that. And so a big part of their journey and their practice was like to get her back to her continent planet or some shit because that's where she's supposed to be. And this cult also believed in some QAnon conspiracies, which duh, like that tracks. Everything's, everything tracks. Everything tracks, okay? So I'm gonna tell y'all right now, I'm incredibly impressed by Mother God and this cult. I'm also impressed by myself because I almost didn't make it out of that first episode. Right now, there are two episodes that are available. I think there's one more that has to be dropped and I can't even imagine where that last episode is going to lead us. But I am impressed by myself because when the episode first, when the first episode started, it was maybe like two minutes into the episode when they was doing the introduction. And then all of a sudden, they zoomed in on like a mummy wrapped in a sleeping bag or blankets or some shit covered in Christmas lights. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Y'all, it was Amy. They found Amy mummified at the little compound for the cult. The cult. And so at this one, I got to figure out how she became a mummy. So I am fully invested. I'm also impressed by the cult members' ingenuity. And the way in which they were just scamming, scamming the system, scamming other people, scamming each other. Baby, they was using unemployment checks to buy drugs and alcohol. They even started selling merch online and other products. I think like Stardust and some other shit that people were just buying. They were shaming people into giving them money because they would say mama or mother God wanted things and how dare y'all don't give mama what she needs to be happy on this earth so she can guide us to the next realm. That bitch just wanted a go-kart. A go-kart. They had shamed people into giving them money to buy her ass a go-kart. Y'all. <laughs> Y'all. 
I'm not living the right life, but I will also never be able to live this life because I'm not doing meth or acid. I'm just not doing it. There's so much mental health and drugs happening all throughout this Mother God docuseries where I just cannot wrap my head around it. So much comorbidity, so much, so much mental health, so much drugs. And it got to be some top notch shit. Like these psychedelics got these folks in a whole nother realm, like for real, for real. They gone. They out of here. They out of here because Mother God had been dead, I think, for like, I don't know, like two years or something like that. And these babies still believe all this shit. They have relocated, I think, to Vermont or I don't know. I don't know where they at, but they definitely still doing them drugs and believing that this woman is God. And that the galactic starship is supposed to come carry them over some stardust and take them to wherever the fuck Robin Williams at. All I know is I am highly entertained. I'm highly invested. And I got to see this thing all the way through. Like this is the type of white mess that brings uh, like internal peace. I'm not even going to hold y'all. This is the type of white mess. So I'm like, oh, I can't wait for that episode to drop. Because I know I get to be distracted for a good hour and some change. I get to just look at that whole episode and be like, God damn, this is wild. God damn, this is wild. Because I also got to figure out, like, I need to know more about this last father God. So if you've been watching Mother God, you know, you can't have no Mother God without Father God. And Amy was just running through all these men, baby. Young, old, it don't matter. Like, she was running through all this. I mean, if they had something that she needed, something that they can give to her, baby, she was knocking them down. You hear me talking about I'm Mother God and you, Father God, and we're the creators of all humanity. Let's go bang, bang, and do drugs together, I suppose, and lead the people to the mothership. And so this last uh, Father God that was on episode number two, he began the episode by, I don't know, I'm eating some pizza and listening to classical music that was not even playing. Missing, he had meth mouth like a motherfucker. Like I, I am so on an ankle monitor and everything. Oh, this is my type of mess and chaos. This is my type of mess and chaos. Okay, and so we got to continue to watch this episode, this series together. It's not over, which means I'm gonna have more to say about this particular segment of white mess. Because I am fully invested. This is giving me like Tiger King energy. I probably haven't been this excited about some white mess since Tiger King. When I think about it, like this is on that level. Yeah, this on that level of excitement and unification of people across this land that also love white mess. And so that's not the only white mess that had me sitting in front of this microphone. It was also Twin Flames. Because I know people have been watching the one that came out on Netflix. I think it was like Twin Flame Universe. Might be the name of the one on Netflix. I don't know. But I didn't see the one on Prime or Hulu. I know there's two of them. I didn't see the one on either Prime or Hulu. Also watched the one on Netflix. And I listened to the podcast um, that's produced by Wondery. But I believe you can get here, listen to the podcast wherever you listen to them. And it's called Twin Flames. And I think I got more information from listening to the podcast as opposed to watching the Netflix documentary because that Netflix documentary was just nuts. It was just wild, like having the images, trying to figure out what was going on, like being visually depicted. So to be able to listen to the story, I was able to really hear just how nutty as a bitch Jeff and Shalili Shalele um, are because they're still here with us today. Um, so Twin Flames is also this new age spiritual philosophy. And now I 
I'm gonna have to do another deep, like deep dive into new age spiritual beliefs and practices because I, I that's got be that has to be coded for some other shit. But that's a conversation for a different day. But Jeff and Shalala, you know, they started Twin Flame Universe um, because they believe that they were twin flames, meaning I guess true loves or whatever the shit that's supposed to mean and that they had the power and the gift to connect other people to find their true loves and so they just out here preying on vulnerable vulnerable people who are looking for connection and intimacy and relationship and belonging and like just taking all them people money like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars from people who are just want to be connected and in love with somebody else because they running from being in love with themselves they don't know how to do that work but we're not here to talk about the deep shit we're here to talk about jeff and shalala jeff definitely got some cluster b traits though he's giving high high key cluster b you know he a little he a little psycho he giving high high grade cluster b traits okay um because him claiming to be god cluster b <laughs> talking about me and god or me or jesus whatever like me and jesus are the same because we have the same hair same facial features same beard and like all of you are my disciples nutty nutty them only eating hot dogs nutty absolutely nutty that man saying that he can cure cancer for fifteen thousand dollars starting at fifteen thousand dollars nutty encouraging members of twin flame to like engage in stalking practices because if you identify who your twin flame is but they don't like you back or want to be connected to you that you'd never ship back down you should pursue them at all costs because they are denying you your true love and they're being your twin flame bully and so like encouraging people to stalk people i see bitch and even beyond that, like all that divine masculine and feminine shit, like using manipulation to have people question their gender identity and sexuality, all for some capitalism when you really pay attention. Because at the end of the day, the cult, like people had started pulling away from the cult and it was left with a, a lot of individuals inside the cult that identified as female and then as straight as heterosexual for the most part. So then they introduced all these concepts of divine masculine and divine feminine and started pairing folks who prior to being caught up in Jeff and Shalele's world, identify as females saying, oh no, you actually, you're a man. And so because you're a man, we're going to pair you with this person that's a female and that's your twin flame. And y'all need to go figure that shit out. And then like... <laughs> Like, I'm laughing because it's absolutely absurd. And I really feel for them people because they was really locked in and really thinking, even though it did not feel good, it wasn't making sense for them, but they were so um, just yearning for connection and relationship and love that they were willing to doubt themselves and who they believed themselves to be. And then even outside of, outside of that, like them praying on folks in the trans you know transgender community and shit like that was fuck all that like jeff and shalele nutty nutty definitely running an mlm scam with that whole coaching model people volunteering but working like 15 
20 hour days to sell courses and sign people up as coaches to share the teachings and beliefs of Jeff and Shalele so they can buy a nice house and wear some trashy ass designer clothes and Jeff could walk around looking a mess. And and if you ask me, help pay for the fertility treatment because they had been working to try to get baby Grace here in this world for a number of years and they ran into some challenges, but then now baby Grace is here and I'm just apparently that's they twin flame or some shit like, like they triplet flames i guess jeff and shalala is saying about their child look i have put on the instagram look i'm not i have my challenges with mandated reporting and i can be anti-mandated reporting in a number of scenarios but do like i really do we do we got to do something about baby grace because what in the entire hell is going on with them people Jeff is nutty. And I don't, and poor Chalele, I don't think she know up from down. I don't think she can get out of that shit even if she wanted to. Because she be looking at him when he be saying some stuff sometime and be like, what the hell are you talking about? But she don't, can't say it out loud, but she'll try to offer a correction the best way that she can. That man, that man is nuts. And Twin Flames is still in operation. There are still people who are wrapped up in those beliefs. And I really hope that, you know, I really hope that folks will return back to themselves instead of looking outside of themselves for the answers, for the love, for the affection, for whatever it is that they're in search of. Because people like Jeff and Shalele and the Mother God and all them folks um, are really just out here to get people who are not rooted and settled in their own bodies. I know that just took a real deep turn and it was supposed to just be talking about white mess, but that's what I be thinking about when I'm watching that shit, because I'm like, just the caucasity and audacity of it all. Only, only white folks can get away with this shit for so long. That's it. Nobody else. Not in this country. Nobody else. The feds would have been swooped in and shut everything down. Folks would have got locked up on a Rico or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> It would not be able to make it to last long enough to get a docuseries produced and then put on a platform like HBO or Amazon Prime or Netflix. But what I do hope is that we continue to get more and more and more white mess because it's needed. I need it. And I'm incredibly thankful for it. I'm incredibly thankful for it. And so now... Since I'm already on the mic, I might as well also do a quick Tales from the Trap because this episode will come out on Thanksgiving Day. Um, so my Tales for the my Tales from the Trap this week is about turkeys and toys. Just real quick, because y'all know we're in the season of turkey distributions and toy collections and distributions. And as somebody who has been practicing for a number of years, you know, I had me a little nonprofit job. Um, where one of the the fundraising goals for the holidays was around collecting turkeys one year. Um, and I, it was like my first year working at a nonprofit. I had never seen no shit like this before. And it was um a black led nonprofit in a black community, um, black founded as well. It was black on the inside, but it was externally white, meaning like its donor base was white volunteer base was white the people were like oh my god i love that organization they were primarily white people um 
And I remember I was sitting in my office one day and I had my office faced the front and I looked outside and there was like lines of white people showing up with boxes of just like frozen turkeys. And I was like, the shit is going on out here? Coming to find out the, the organization was doing a collection of turkeys and I think it was like close to 200 turkeys. And I remember they were just lined up in the hallway of the building and all I like, even now I'm having like the sensory memories of just turkeys melting, cardboard getting soaked with turkey juice, um, and all these white people just taking pictures with all their boxes they're dropping off. And they had like decorated the boxes and shit with little messages for the community members to receive. And I was like, this is some pandering like a motherfucker. Um <laughs> Because even as a part of the turkey distribution, and I love my people, and I don't knock it. I I like I appreciate the hustle. Um, I remember, you know, somebody could pull up in front of the building, and a staff member would come out with the the box of turkey, the turkey Thanksgiving box, and it would like typically conclude like a turkey, um, some canned vegetables or some shit, some goddamn uh, stove stuffers stove tops. Y'all don't even know the name because black folks don't eat that shit. Um, and then I think like a can of pumpkin or yam, some, some shit, like we would take the box out to somebody's car and put it in the trunk and baby, I kid you not, you open up the trunk and they got turkey boxes lined up because they didn't hit up all the distributions that day before they came and got the one from my job. And I would be like, wow. And then when I really started to understand how much money had went into fundraising to then get these boxes. I was like, well, why can't we just give people money? Like, why are we have a fundraising goal of like, I don't know, like $20,000 to be able to purchase turkey boxes and toys. When we can think about if you're going to fundraise, how do we just distribute the money? And then I know for a fact, People in my field, they be slanging turkeys and toys out the trunk of their cars all season and have this recognition of some of the other needs that people really have. And then it's also all of the photos and propagandas. Like I really can't, I cannot stand no shot with cop, man. I cannot stand the shop with cop initiatives where they uh, pair kids with police officials or whatever and then they go shopping for christmas toys and everybody take pictures and shit with the police i cannot stand that shit um and so just really trying to push us to think and i'm not saying like the people who are organizing some of these turkey drives and toy drives don't have good intentions because i believe the majority of them do especially the community driven initiatives but like i really am focused on the organizations like these larger nonprofits that still be trying to push these turkeys and toys that literally have the resources and the infrastructure to do this shit differently where they can do the fundraise and they can have the campaigns but they can distribute money to people they can literally distribute money back into communities, back into families, back into households and not turkeys and toys. And so what I really want to continue to do, and we, we, I'm never going to give up on this with the six years that I have left in practicing as a social worker, because I know I'm retiring by 2030. Um, but I'm never going to give up on this is really pushing us to think differently um about what the holiday times look like what giving looks like what these campaigns and initiatives look like during the holidays because turkeys and toys just ain't it and for real for real we're tired of slanging 
turkeys and toys. And by we, I mean the people who are like on the ground, <laughs> organizing these distributions, loading up all of these turkeys and bicycles and all this shit. We're tired. We're tired. And the folks that are coming to receive, they also deserve the autonomy to decide what it is they want for themselves or children of their household. Like, who are we to say that this is what they need when they're telling us what they need? And then how do we connect the resources, the, the money, the relationships to match their needs? It's not difficult. It's not difficult. And so we got to do better. We got to do better in this turkey and toy giving season. And it's not too late to do better. And so I don't really have um, a deep black word, a good black word for the week. Um, what I look, shit. The good black word for the week is don't do meth and don't eat everybody's food. That's all I got for you. Don't do meth and don't eat everybody's food because I, I cannot have you, me, any of us end up in a cult in the desert of Colorado. And in terms of don't eat everybody's food, baby, we don't know what's happening inside some of these households. Who's cleaning greens? Who's not? Who's washing their hands and who's not? Because it's also potluck season. So don't do meth and don't eat everybody's food. That is my good black word for the week. Y'all enjoy your holidays, whether you spend that with family, friends, yourself, or no one at all. Um, may you find what you need. Take the space that you need. Say no if you need to. Don't feel guilt or shame for missing out on events, things, or people. And take the time that you need to restore yourself and make sure that you never lose the peace that is within you. And as always, please, y'all, remember to take care of your heart so that we can take care of each other because we are absolutely all that we have. And I will holler at y'all when I holler. Y'all be well. 